Welcome to the Podcast at the Hill. You are about to hear a message from our guest speaker, Clarence Tillman, on a message titled, Why Should I Speak in Tongues? Being Baptized in the Holy Spirit. I try to be a erratic reader. I try to learn. Early on in ministry, I was in the living room studying, going over some stuff one Saturday night, and, and uh, my daughter come through, and she said, Dad, what are you doing? And I said, I'm praying and seeking God that I'd have a, a good message that he'd give me a good message. And she said, why don't he? <laughs> I also told Teresa, I said, how many great preachers do you think there are? And she looked at me, never looked up from reading and said, one less than you think. So good to be here with the Quinnies. I forgot about the Maury's this morning and the Rigney's. There's just so many people I know that have connections with this church. Uh, Mary, Mary uh, Maury was raised with my children. Might be why she's as weird as she is. Um, you can tell her I said that. She knows me well. We love them. They're awesome youth directors of the state of Mississippi. Um, um, just awesome. I, I want to take tonight and just, I've read a lot about the giftings and the workings of the Holy Spirit, specifically praying in tongues. Now, I don't know about you, but that sort, of, that sort of really makes me think. That sets us apart, doesn't it, from a lot of people that we pray in the Holy Ghost. And as I got to thinking about this, uh, I began to do a study, and I read books, 10 Reasons This, and so on. So I just put together some stuff myself, and uh, it's really repetitious. Do you notice this morning, all we used was what? Scripture. Everybody say the word. Anybody notice that? Because, you see, the word will work if you'll let the word work. And uh, I have people that will call me, and they'll say, Pastor Tillman, we've had several people say, would you come and preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we'll have a tremendous weekend. And then they have the nerve to tell me, you know what, we've had in the big guns. And they preached and we didn't see this many people filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, well, well, thank you. That makes me feel real. No, seriously, it's not the preacher that does it. Can somebody say amen? It's the word of God, effective. But... I'd, I'd like to ask you to continue to pray for us. We, uh, we do mentoring matters, which we believe that we need parents in America. Did y'all get what I just said? 95% of the men with us, and just about all of the women, do not have a father and a mother in the same, they don't have their biological parents, weren't raised by them. We deal in situations where the parents literally taught them how to do drugs. Wait a minute, that's not, let's don't just stop there. And sometimes it's already two generations deep. See, my generation is the one that introduced all of this and I want to do something about it. You know, we're the old Woodstock generation. Brother Quinley said it was, I thought I was a lot younger when he was there, but it was 71 somewhere in there. When y'all were there, that was just about the time that I was dealing with bell bottoms. <laughs> Anybody remember bell bottoms? Shoot, I was the first guy at youth camp to have on platform shoes and bell bottoms and a tie-dye t-shirt. 
I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to wear it tonight, but uh, that's scary, isn't it? But the fact of the matter is we got involved with that lifestyle where everything, even though we might not have said we did, it's influenced our culture. So you had uh, these great concerts by young people. Joe Cocker on his way to the stage would eat handfuls of pills. They would just give him pills. He'd just throw them in his mouth. And that's why I, that's why I guess he was so contorted on stage. But I said, God, if you'll let me, I want to make an impact. And I want to make an impact as a father. And I, I grew up in a home. Uh, my dad was so much older than me. When I come in from school, in fact, it was really tough growing up. I'll tell you why. He was like growing up with a grandfather. It was like raised a generation ahead of me. And uh, when the other kids got to go eat hamburgers, we raised on the farm. I had to go home and eat steak. I thought that was pitiful. Everybody else got a Honda 70. I got a horse. You understand what I'm saying? But my father raised me by principle. We had, does anybody remember the old gas space heaters that you would have in homes? I don't know. Does anybody remember those? I'm really, boy, a lot of people in here, old. I mean, a lot of senior citizens in here. <laughs> anyway, I would come in and he would have his walking stick Sister Rachel, and he would be turning a sweet potato. Mother, she said, why do you want to do that, Horace? You always mess up the heater. He'd be in his big old bedroom and turning a sweet potato, and he'd have it baked for me. So when I got in from school, I didn't have toaster strudels or nutty buddies. I had a baked sweet potato and old cow butter. Terrible. I'd get through eating my sweet potato and mother would fuss a little bit because we ate in the bedroom and dad would say, son, would you reach over there and get that Bible? And I would get his Bible. There's two things that stayed on his table by his chair. You remember he's older now. He's not getting around well. And I'd get, get her that Bible and uh, the other thing that stayed on it was a bottle of anointing oil. I want to tell you a little something about how I was raised. I was raised in an atmosphere of miracles, signs, and wonders. I still see them. I know what it's like to see the dead raised. I know what it's like to see blind eyes open. I know what it's like to see a little girl as her ears open up and she can hear. How many of you still believe in miracles? You know, if you don't believe it, it won't happen. But people would, would, would come by the house and they would get my father to pray for them. But he'd say, get that Bible, son. And I'd get the Bible. And he said, would you turn over there to Psalms 2X3I? Did you get that? Psalms 2X3I. Any of you young folks know what that is? I didn't think so. 90-90 boo-boo. That's Roman numerals. My dad had a Roman numeral Bible. But I knew, I knew how to read Roman numerals before I went to school because I had to read out of my daddy's Bible. And I would turn over there and he'd say, son, I can read it, but I want you to read it to me because God's got his hand on you. And I want you to know that the Lord is your shepherd and you won't ever have to want for anything. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How many of you in here tonight are glad that he is your shepherd? So I pray that some of that atmosphere 
And the anointing that I was raised in and that you were raised in will manifest tonight. I just want to teach you for just a little bit. If you'll go to that first slide with me, John, why should I speak in tongues? I get this all the time. Why should I speak in tongues? Well, you don't have to, but you get to. Y'all okay in here tonight? Now, I'm going to sort of preach tonight, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will help me communicate what he wants communicated to you. So why should I speak in tongues? And I want to talk to you about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was 12 years old at Morton, Mississippi in youth camp when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The night that I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit on a Thursday night, God called me to preach. I didn't want to be a preacher. I wish I could be like Joel Talley. Does anybody know Joel Talley? I understand he's going to be coming here. Maybe, how many of you know Joel? Anybody know Joel? I promise you, he's, he's a powerhouse. And uh, when he, I think he was five years old when Jim Talley was the youth director in Mississippi. No, he was the evangelism director in Mississippi. And so the family testified and Jim testified and they called Joel up. And he said, they asked him to testify. And he said, folks, I've been an alcoholic most of my life, but I'm here to tell you, God set me free. <laughs> Five years old. He had heard somebody testify somewhere, hadn't he? Well, I have a testimony. My mother, um, she had been married three times. If I was my dad, I wouldn't have married my mother because both of her other husbands died young. Can I get an amen? I mean, you know. But my mother had had a nervous breakdown. She had had a total nervous breakdown. And she didn't take medication for it. The reason she'd had a make breakdown was because of the hell she'd been through with these two husbands dying and leaving her with children. And I remember... My mother, we had a big farm, and my mother would, with other ladies in the house, would prepare meals for 30 and 40 people every day in that big old farmhouse kitchen. And my dad would put them in that Ford truck and take them to the field, and they would eat under shade trees, and I thought that was so cool. But there was a lot of pressure on my mother. So I remember some afternoons that mother would sort of get that wild look in her eyes. Children, have you ever seen your mother do that? Maybe your dad. And I could tell that something was wrong with my mother. And she would take me by the arm and firmly lead me to what she called her sewing room, which was the back room. That big old farmhouse had a center room with three double beds in it. In one room. Can you imagine that? I guess everybody just slept together is the way I remember coming up. And then we had bedrooms on the side and then the kitchen and the back porch. But on one side was her sewing room. My mother was an expert seamstress. And so she would set me down right beside the sewing room and go in the sewing room and she would close the door, those wood panel doors with the thumb bolt locks. Does anybody remember a thumb bolt lock? You opened it with a skeleton key, but it had this little trigger at the top that when you went in the room, you could lock it. So she would go in and I would hear it go click. And me being a nosy little boy, I would listen and I'd get to listening and she'd say, Father, you're going to have to help me. Holy Ghost, you're going to have to come. 
Lord, I have one nerve, and Horace Tillman got on it at lunch. That was my dad. And she said, I can't do this if you don't help me. So by this time, I'm looking in the keyhole, and I'm watching her. She had that Pentecostal roll-up around the edge of her head. Does anybody remember those? I'm not talking about the beehive. This was before the beehive. Anybody remember the beehives? All the women coming to church, they would get here, all of them be like this in the car because they couldn't hold it. <laughs> but they were holy. Okay, better go ahead. <clears throat> I don't know. I find things like, things like that just funny. It just... Um, <laughs> so I can hear her praying and all of a sudden she start shouting shouting the psychologists tell us sometimes you just need to find you a quiet place and just exert <laughs> she'd get to shouting the power of God would come on her and she'd get to speaking in tongues and she'd do this, because I saw her, because I watched her through the keyhole. Not only that, but there was some Sunday she would do that at church. She would never do it at church unless I brought a guest. <laughs> she'd say, Ooh, hallelujah, she'd go to speaking in tongues. And then she always ended by doing this. anymore and said son do you want a peanut butter and banana sandwich is anybody listening to me the Holy Spirit has a role in our lives to play if we would yield to him great things would happen let's get started Mark 16 17 says and these signs will follow those who do what believe in my name what will they do they'll cast out demons they will speak with new tongues. They will speak with what? New tongues. New tongues, glossolalia. The reason number one that I want to talk to you tonight about tongues or being baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking with tongues is that tongues are a sign of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I really believe that. Three of the five accounts that I gave you this morning, it was mentioned by name. The other two, it was what they saw and heard. What did they see and hear? Tongues. Acts 2 verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Different people receive different ways. Some people, I don't know if the, uh, I come, I'm sort of a mixture of sort of the, I'm Pentecostal to the core, but I, I've been out and about enough to see that people receive different ways. And the old Pentecostal way is they get you in the altar and they sort of surround you and they start saying, hold on. And then another one will say, turn loose. Pray harder. Stop praying so much. And it's like, oh my goodness. But the presence of God is there in that atmosphere. Can somebody say amen? What happens is the Holy Spirit manifests in you. 
You are a spirit that lives in a body that possesses a soul. I want everybody to do that with me. Say that with me. I am a spirit that lives in a body that possesses a soul. My soul is my mind, how I think, my will, what I want to do, and my emotions, how I feel. Now, I want you to think about this just a minute. I've studied the heart of man, and I, I think I have an understanding of it. The heart of man is where the soul and the spirit meet. That's your heart. So that has to be redeemed. So God will actually speak to you in your conscience. Can I get a half a hallelujah on that one? Does God ever speak to you in your conscience? Amen. Like the other day, I got home and we were doing a shrimp boil. Y'all call them over here low country shrimp boils. Oh man, that'll make you shout all by yourself there. And uh, I realized that I'd got the shrimp and I'd put about eight bulbs of garlic over in the box and I checked out and I didn't pay for the garlic. I mean, I had stolen garlic. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit says, I, I was convicted immediately. He spoke to me in my heart. One of those guys in the men's program says, is that your conscience preacher? I said, pretty much it. You got it. So you need to understand that he's going to be speaking inside. Put your hand on your heart and say this with me. He will speak to me in my spirit, in my soul. And he will do that. And, and different people in different ways. Some people just, you know, they think God's going to reach in there and get your tongue and go. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not saying he can't do that because he's God. But he will not violate the human will. He won't violate the human will. All right? So look at this. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. Paul wrote this. I get so tired of all of the intellectuals telling us that we don't have to speak in tongues. They said, Paul told us that we didn't have to. Well, let me tell you what Paul did say. He said, I thank my God what? I speak in tongues just a little bit. More than you all. He prayed in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because he'd been knocked off his horse. The only people that won't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost are control freaks. I love you. Y'all out there? You know why? It's because they don't want to turn over their total being to God. God's not going to embarrass you too much. This young lady right here in this next slide, her name is Muriel. She is an Irish princess out of the gangs of New Orleans. She is, she was literally wrapped up in gang life. The reason she has her t-shirt, she's at Jacob's Well, that's a Jacob's Well shirt. She's not showing off her tattoo. What she is doing, it is hot where they're working. And so what we do is we go in there and we work with them and we sit down with them. So she's sitting there and she's saying, Pastor Tillman, I found Christ, but I know there's something more. I keep getting this feeling inside of me and then the hair on my arm stands up. <laughs> Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Praise God, I wish we had some more of it. 
She didn't know what she was sensing. So Teresa and I are sitting, are sitting there praying with her, and I'm using this picture by permission, and we're sitting there praying with her, and she, all of a sudden she sets up and she says, I feel something in my stomach. Well, I thought, uh-oh, I don't know about this. And I said, is it good or bad? She says, oh, Pastor T, it's good. I said, young lady, that's the Holy Spirit. And if you'll yield to him, he'll baptize you. She knew nothing about the Holy Ghost. I explained a couple of sentences. She lifts her hands and goes to praying in the Holy Ghost. An Irish street gang princess, prostitute. Hello. The problem is we got it all figured out, folks. You know, somebody said, I don't understand it. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and give white milk and yellow butter, but I sure do drink the milk and eat the butter. There's some things you can't understand, but there's a lot of things you can experience. How many of you in here tonight want to experience the manifest presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit? I need to know if you're here. If you're here, put your hands together and let's give him a praise in the house of God tonight. Hallelujah! Come, Holy Spirit. Number two, tongues are for spiritual edification. I have never met as many mean Christians as today. I mean, one almost hit me the other day with a honk if you love Jesus bumper sticker. I was like, hey, I'm not gonna honk, but I am hollering, you about hit me. And then wanted to, <laughs> wanted to give me the California howdy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sign language. So I got to where I do this back. Paul said this one thing I do. Everybody do this with me. One thing. One thing. What do I do? I forget the things that are behind me and I press toward the mark, the high call of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when they do that to me, I just go, bless you. I have been tempted to go. Oh, I know y'all are too holy for that. You got to remember I work with drug addicts. Okay. Love you. Everybody do this with me. One thing. When, when, next week, when you see your neighbor, just hold up one finger. One thing. One thing I do. I want to press toward the mark, the high call. Look at this. 1 Corinthians 14 and 4 says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. No wonder we're mean as all get out. I was, I was praying one church I preached my heart out and this little girl come up, come to find out she was a Satanist and she had come up to accept Christ and she just looked, I'm talking about tattoos, looked like she had been <laughs> machine gun shot with metal bullets, they were hanging out all over her body and she come down and she was crying under conviction, give her heart to the Lord and I said, well one of you ladies pray with her. Nobody would come down and pray with her. I said, please, one of you ladies, Teresa wasn't with me, said, please, one of you ladies. Finally, this lady got up and she come down and I'm talking about she looked like a Mississippi State Bulldog. You know what I'm talking about? And she come down, she got in front of her face and she says, honey, don't you want what I got? And I did, and I did one of those football diving catches getting in between them. I was like, no, sister, she don't need what you have. Mean, mean. 
God help us. We need to pray and let the Holy Ghost out of it. You know what? I make it a point just some days to walk and pray in the Holy Ghost. Did you know, somebody told me, says, you can't speak in the Holy Ghost at will. Well, I'll tell you what, you, whatever your doctrine is, you can believe it if you want to, but he lives inside of me, and if he has control of me, he can do whatever he wants to as I submit to him. Are you with me? So learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. The old folks used to pray in the Holy Ghost. A lot of the young folks pray in the Holy Ghost, but you know what we've done? We've let charismania steal that from us. So learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. I mean, I tell you what, pray in the Holy Ghost on the way home from work. When you get to the house, your wife's going to go, what's the matter with you? You're so happy today. Amen? Let's look at 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. I never forget one night I was teaching. And the presence of God came on me. And you got to remember, most of these men have never been to church and women when I teach over there. So I was teaching. And you know it's bad when a Pentecostal preacher gets a hold of a message, it gets a hold of him. You ever seen that happen with Pastor Daniel? I know I saw it happen with Pastor Quinley. Amen. You get to preaching about it. John Nichols, I believe, he preached at a Methodist church one night. And when he was in college, in Lee College, and they told him, they said, keep it down, Brother Nichols, if you would. We know you're Pentecostal. And he got to preaching about the, uh, the husbandman as partaker of the fruit. And he said, my right foot come out from behind the pulpit. And he said, the pastor was on the front row going. And he said, I got to thinking about it, and my left foot come out. And he said, it wasn't just a minute. I'd stepped out by the side, and the pastor was going. And he said, an old lawyer in the back stood up and said, preach it, sonny boy. That's the way they used to do it in the Methodist church. <laughs> Preaching without anointing is just teaching and rhetoric. We need God to grip our hearts one more time. Anybody agree with me in here? So we need to pray. Anyway, I was teaching, and all of a sudden, before I knew it, because the Holy Ghost lives in me, the Holy Ghost started, and, and I caught myself. And the guys were like, and I said, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry I'm not apologizing for the Holy Ghost, but you don't know about this. And uh, somebody said, what did you say? I said, well, son, I really wasn't talking to you. So after session, I said, okay, y'all can come and ask questions. They said, Pastor T, we don't know what happened, but whenever that come out of you, the hair on the back of my neck stood up, and all of a sudden it seemed like I felt God. Hello? 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in a tongue, what prays? You remember your spirit that lives in a body possesses soul. So your spirit prays. Look at your neighbor and say, our spirit prays. Now, here's a good thing. But my understanding is unfruitful. I looked that up in the Greek. Now, David can exegete Greek. Oh, I'm a David, hallelujah. Maybe you're like King David. Daniel can exegete Greek better than me, but I looked it up in the Greek, and you know what it says? It says this. Y'all ready for this? For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. I don't know what I'm praying about. There are times he'll come on me and I'll get to praying in the Holy Ghost 
and there'll be a week or so pass by and I'll find out about something that happened and all of a sudden in my spirit, I'll just sort of sense that maybe that's what I was praying. Sometimes I don't know what I was praying about. But I do that because my understanding is unfruitful. See, the spirit man prays. There's things in our spirit man, if it would be submitted to Christ, that we could do that would be tremendously profitable to the kingdom of God. Anybody know who Finnish Jennings Dake was? Anybody in here know who Finnish Jennings Dake was? He annotated the Dake's annotated Bible. He came to Lee College when my pastor and spiritual father was there, Hewlin Evans, and it was said that he could quote most of the Bible. So they challenged him. Well, he quoted for 30 minutes and they had to finish class. So they challenged him that afternoon to show up and he met them on campus and started in Genesis and quoted most of it. And finally they told him, we believe you. So they asked him, how did he memorize it? And he gave them an answer that was powerful. He said, I did not memorize the Bible. I, what I did is I asked God to let it seep into my spirit and praying in the Holy Ghost. Wow. Everybody say wow. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. Wow. Now say it backwards. Now say it upside down. No, mom. <laughs> uh, and Daniel was telling me how smart y'all were. <laughs> hey, I love to come to church. It's fun. Amen? Amen. This is fun. I wouldn't be doing that. God, look at your neighbor and say, God wants you to smile. I moved to Kosciuszko where Daniel is from. Now, Daniel wasn't like this. He had all his teeth. But I got there. I had 17 people. Three, <clears throat> three of them had teeth. I promise you. It was like I, I, was, I was a redneck. I'm a registered redneck, you can tell. But I had moved to the backwoods, baby. And so we got to praying and seeking God in the church in three years, grew to 100, and all of them got their teeth fixed, amen. Good-looking folks. You see, you take into your atmosphere whatever is in you. So the Holy Spirit is in me and the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by my spirit, saith the Lord. So when I walk in a room, well, let me put it this way. When you walk in a room, does it get darker or brighter? He lives in me. Everybody say that with me. He lives in me. Number three, tongue remi tongues remind us that the Holy Spirit abides in us. I love this scripture. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of what? Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be where? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Anybody remember that? Hey, I, can I be, be real professional for a moment? I love to do, you know, a lot of people, I, I teach young ministers and they think if you, glory to God, hallelujah, praise your Lord, stand up in the pew, somebody in here, give me a praise in the house. They think that's bringing the fire. I said, well, I can do it in, in, in my brother style. Hallelujah. Is there anybody in the house that will help me? That's not the anointing. That's styles of preaching. 
And then you can do it like some of our good TV preachers that are great people. I'm so glad that you're in the house of the Lord today. Would you, you take your Bibles and repeat after me? Or I can do it like <laughs> the good educated ministers today. We're here in the house of the Lord. And I would like to exegete from Matthew 24. It don't matter. If the spirit of the Lord is on it, it's anointed. Can somebody say amen? We just like different styles. Are y'all still out there? I know you're going like, Daniel, where did you find this guy? Can I tell you? In a drug recovery center. People ask us all the time, Brother Quinley, they'll ask us, they'll say, do you live with those people? I said, I am one of those people. Who are those people? <laughs> I love this. Number four, praying in tongues is praying in agreement with God's perfect will. Oh, my Lord, we need this, don't we? Our Father, which art in heaven, my will be done. God, if you don't do this for me, and feel that coming back. Romans 8, 26, 27, likewise the Spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's the Spirit making intercession. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints. How? According to the will of of God. So when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, I truly believe it's a direct line that Satan can't cipher anyway. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, he can't get in there and mess things up. Some of us, our mouths are our biggest problem. I remember testimony services. Anybody in here remember those? Small country churches? They stand up and say, the devil has been on my back all week. Bless his name. <laughs> I told Daniel tonight, we were in one little country church, and some of them don't have projectors, so most of my ministry is sort of screeching because I can't do good just by myself. So <laughs> I take slides and things. So we, and this guy come by. And he said, could I help you unload? I said, yes, please. So she has a little table sometimes she takes and sets up and sells ministry stuff. And, and then, uh, so I was setting up the projector and they were having Sunday school. And so this guy that helped us get the stuff in, all of a sudden there's 30 people in this sanctuary class. And he just gets up in front of the class. And I knew he was in trouble when we were going in. And he looked at me and he said, this church hadn't got nothing but hypocrites in it. I looked at Tracy and I said, well, thank you, Jesus. It's going to be an interesting day today. So I look around in the Sunday school, the men's Sunday school, to the man that was teaching backed up. And this guy's taking over the class. He said, I want to tell you folks, you're nothing but hypocrites. I died for 45 minutes last week and none of you checked on me. He had eaten a fentanyl patch. And so... Me operating in the spiritual dad that I am, I didn't wait on the pastor. I said, ho, ho, young man, that's enough right there. He said, 
What do you mean? I said, you be quiet. You're not going to talk to these people of God like this. Well, they didn't. I said, listen to me. He looked at me. I said, you're high right now. He said, I'm not high. I said, yes, you are. Come over here and let me pray for you. He said, I hadn't done nothing but smoked a little dope this morning. <laughs> so I prayed for him. and He wasn't ready to receive. You know, you can't cast a devil out. Don't want to be cast out. Mm-hmm. So we went back there to Teresa and he said, your husband told me I had the devil in me, a big old demon. She said, no, he didn't tell you you had a big old demon. You just got a little one in you. The big one's in the Middle East somewhere. But you need to be free. See, when I walk into an atmosphere, because I'm praying God's will, I'm going to either stir it up in a sense of love or, well, you know what they said about Paul, don't you? Everywhere he went, he either had a riot or a revival. Hmm, but that's what number four is, and you can do that. Praying in tongues stimulates faith. Did you know that? I need faith. I'm not talking about faith in faith. I'm talking about faith in God. Everybody say faith. Faith is the opposite of fear. You know what most of us struggle with in here? We don't have issues. We have fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of Love and of a sound mind. I want you to look around, if you would, for just a minute. They tell me that one out of every three people has mental problems. Are your two friends okay? <laughs> you need to be picked on. Hallelujah. Amen. You know why they pick on you, brother? Because you look like a guitar, okay? Now, <laughs> I love you, man. Watch this, though. The thing about it is fear. Every man that comes in that center has fear. And when you, I get alone with them, I pray alone with them. When we cast out demons, it's not a big deal. You know, y'all listen to me. Does anybody really listen to me tonight? Listen to me if you are, say amen. Watch this. You don't let that devil put on a show. You cast him out with the word of God. This guy come in. He'd been there three days, and he was coming off of heroin. He come in, and he said, Pastor Tillman, his eyes, you know, he's detoxing. He said, uh, the Lord spoke to me and told me that I'd had enough. I need to go. And I said, yeah, your Lord did speak to you, son, but it's not the Lord I serve. And he said, well, I really feel led to leave. And I said, you're suffering from lead poisoning, son. A lot of Christians suffer from that, don't they? And so I said, would you sit down? He said, I don't want anything about any more about this Jesus stuff. He said, and he just looked at me and his eye, I saw that devil. So I was trying to reason with him and he wouldn't reason with me. And the Holy Ghost says, ask him, can you lay hands on him and pray for him? So I said, do you mind if I lay hands on you and pray for you? He looked at me and he says, whatever you want. Well, when I went to pray for him, the Holy Ghost boiled up in me and I started praying in tongues. And I watched that kid jerk. And all of a sudden he went to weeping. And I got through praying and he sat up straight and he looked at me and he said, I'm not going anywhere, Pastor. I need this. Can you hear what I'm saying? So when you handle the demonic through the power of the Holy Spirit, they have to bow. Can somebody give me an amen on that one? Look at this one, Jude 1.20. I love this scripture. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, how? Praying in 
the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit is how we build our faith. You need faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. Number six, praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown. My dad was, I mean, he had a reputation for this. He would, he would pray and God would show him things. He would dream. One night I had a wreck and I was off in Tennessee and, and one morning I called him. I said, Dad, I've had a wreck. He told me how the wreck happened. And he told me, he said, everything's going, you're fine. He told me exactly what happened. I said, Dad, how did you know that? He said, I was praying in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost gave me a vision. Anybody listening to me? See, we don't train our spirit person. I love this. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Say, Pastor, we've already used that. Yeah, but I only use it twice because I want you to get it. I believe in the King James. It says, verily, 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 verily. Repetition. Everybody say repetition. Repeat it till you get it in your spirit. So praying in tongues enables us to pray for the unknown. Look at number seven with me. Praying in tongues keeps us free from being contaminated by the world. Judah, when she was little, she loved to go with Nana to, she called it the booty shot. The beauty shop, you get it? I mean, kids will be kids, okay? So she loved to go and and Teresa I would always tell me, she said, boy, I have to pray in the Holy Ghost when I go in there because there is, I know where you go get your hair fixed is not like this. <clears throat> also, every now and then, I get trapped by sarcasm. Okay, but anyway, so she said, I really have to pray in the Holy Ghost. Have you ever, have you ever been, you know, just made up your mind you wasn't going to say anything? And then they got off on that one morsel that you knew was true about that, Wretched soul. And before you knew it, you was, ah! What the Holy Ghost does is when you pray in the Holy Ghost, he'll keep you from doing that. Amen? Oh, boy. That, wow, that went over real good, didn't it? We need to pray that he would tame our tongue. Maybe you don't have to. I do. I do. How many of you tell people how to drive? You did it on the way to church. You look at that idiot, he's pulling. Why don't you just start going, Lord, I bless them in Jesus' name and start praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? And if you pray in the Holy Ghost, you probably won't have to whoop the kids on the way to church. Better be careful with that. I know some parents can never take their eye off the road and can spank all three kids in the back seat. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. How many of you want to live after the Spirit? I want to live after the Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit to control my life. I only have 10 of these for those of you that are worried. Uh, there's one thing Brother Quinley taught me for sure that the mind can't absorb any more than the seat can endure. Praying in tongues brings spiritual refreshing. Ha! Anybody like refreshing? When I went to Bible school as a kid, we didn't have a lot of sweets at our house. All we got to do was eat homemade ice cream and watermelons and coconut cake. So I didn't get much of those. Y'all all right out there? I didn't get much of those little 
cookies that they made at the factories, Murray cookies. And I remember at Bible school, I love Bible school because I was going to get paint all over something, you know? And, and then they had a period that they called, what was it? Refreshments. Well, that word wasn't used at our house a whole lot, but I knew what it meant. I meant that we was going to be drinking some red sugar water and eating some of those Murray cream-filled cookies. And I don't know about y'all, but chubby people love that kind of stuff. And I would be refreshed. Mm -hmm. Isaiah 28, 11, I've heard all of, a lot of theology on this, but I want to tell you this, I believe it is prophetic of where we are today. Or when the, of Joel, when the Holy Spirit came, he prophesied it too. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people to whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. We try to make it so complicated. I want to challenge you to do something tonight. You get home, when you go to bed, instead of watching the idiot box, I mean the television, until you go to sleep, cut it off and just lay there and pray in the Holy Ghost. It is amazing how you'll wake up refreshed. Because when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the manifest presence of God abides with you. Y'all with me? Anybody getting anything out of this? Amen. Three people. Hallelujah. That's good. All right. Refreshing. Also in Acts it says that we need to pray and repent that times of what? refreshing should come. How many of you in here would join with me tonight, a 63-year-old grandpa, and admit we need refreshing in the body of Christ? Well, let's praise him for just a minute and say, come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number nine. God gives us tongues to give thanks. 1 Corinthians 14, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. And I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. That's what my mama did. That's what the DDD in was. And I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen? At your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say. For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. We need both of them in the church. Can I get somebody to just say hallelujah on that? We need both of them. I was preaching one place and the presence of God fell in there. And all of a sudden I started speaking in a Mandarin tongue. And there was a Chinese lady in the service. It was, it was at Meridian. And she came to me weeping after the service. And she said to Pastor Tillman, she bowed and everything. She says, you don't know who I am. I am here. Uh, I am uh, away from my family. And, and I needed a word from God. And I've been fasting and praying. And she said, you spoke in my tongue tonight directly to me. Blew my mind. Is anybody listening to me? It's more than just tongues and interpretation. It's more than just flowing in the Spirit and working the gifts of the Spirit. Number 10, speaking in tongues. <clears throat> we, my, my, can I do this the Sesame Street way? Speaking, speaking 
in tongue. Tongues brings the tongue under subject, subject, subjection. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Give me a Presbyterian amen if you're out there just like this. Amen. I love my Presbyterian brothers. They get stirred up and they'll start nodding their heads. I was preaching for Brother Austin. I don't know if Brother Quinley remembers him. Brother Hilton Austin, and he didn't get excited at all. And I got in and I said, I asked his wife, I said, Sister Austin, what do you think? Is, are we okay? And she said, did you see Hilton cross his legs? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he got excited. <laughs> you don't have to act just thank. How many of you are thankful the world's not just like you? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad we're different. Amen. I'm glad we're different. I need you. But the Holy Spirit helps us bring that tongue under subjection. I can't get over the Christians now that curse. Are y'all not dealing with that? I, I know it don't happen in this church. But, but I mean, they just curse. And some of them are Simple words, but in fact, Pastor, I didn't know that preachers cursed till I started playing golf with them. I'm serious. Some of the people that I thought was, and I mean, they not only did they curse, but they threw temper tantrums through their club in the woods. And I'm like, Jesus, help me. Because if you cursed in the home I come up in, lightning would strike you any minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just raised a little different. So we don't care. I'll tell you something else. We did. When we were raising our children, we didn't say divorce in our house. We called it the D word. We just don't speak. We just, I mean, I have respect. Now, I love fun and I enjoy having fun. I'm amazed at people that do not have their tongue under subjection. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, zero in on this. Are you gossiping? I don't know you. I hadn't talked to Pastor Daniel about this. Do you, do you complain about things? I found out something about complaining. Did you know in Corinthians that when the children of Israel complained, he is warning the Corinthian church, it brought the destroying spirit. If you complain, you bring the destroyer. If you look up what the destroying spirit is, it is the death angel. So if I am complaining, I am inviting the spirit of death on me and everything that I touch. Love you. Didn't like that one either, did you? Mm. Help me, Jesus. Look at this. For the promise, I love this. Everybody say the promise. The promise is to you, and who else is it to? To your children. I don't know about you. These are the principles I live by. Does anybody, when I do this, I want to tell me what you think of in a movie. Now, I hope I can do this without falling, all right? Oh, it's a cry to kid, right? 
Does anybody know how old Karate Kid is? He's 54 years old. Mr. Miyake is dead. That'll make you feel old, won't it, Bubba? Watch this. Do you remember the Karate Kid when he was prepping him for the fight, Mr. Miyake? What did he do? What did he do? You're smarter than he is. Hallelujah. Watch this. Wax on. Everybody do it with me. Wax on. Wax off. Wax on. Wax off. Watch this. If I apply the principles, I will inherit the promises. Come on now. I know it's children's churchy, but let's do it. Come on. Get those hands up. Everybody all together now. Let's do this. There will be prizes at the end. Okay. Everybody do it. Wax on. Wax off. The principles that I apply are the promises I will inherit. I'm going to apply these principles because the promise of the Holy Ghost is on me and my children and my grandchildren. And God has ordained us. Deuteronomy. I set before you today what? Life and death. Blessings and curses. Choose what? Life. Why? So that you and your, as my daddy would say it, you're chilling. Everybody say chilling. Oh, he said, I love you chilling. I can hear him right now. You and your children may live. I get a father that comes in. He has to be introduced to the Holy Spirit because the devil has already inoculated him with sorcery. The only thing greater than sorcery is the blood of Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. This cross right here. How many of you are thankful for the cross? There's not a cross anywhere in our home that has Jesus still on it. I won't have it in my home because he's alive. Now, we need to preach this cross, amen? But you know what we need to preach? We need to preach a resurrected Jesus because if he hadn't come out of that grave, this cross would have been to no avail. Are you listening to me? You know what got him up? Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody in here know what got him up out of the grave? The dunamis power, the Holy Spirit of God got him up out of that grave and renewed him. Whew. Your children, to those who are far off, as many as the Lord your God will call, our God will call. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. I keep saying that because I want you to get it. I pray tonight that it would reign in this place, that the glory of God would reign in this place. Come up here with me, Judah. Come up here. You come up here with Papa now. She's timid. Where's Olive? Sleep. Olive, Olive, would you come up here with Papa? Come on, come on, quickly. Hosea, you can come too. Hosea's a little brother. Come on, come on. Both they have to do things together. Come on, I'll come down there and get you. All right, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Come on. You don't have to come, Hosea, but you can if you want to. Okay, come on, Olive. Hosea's just not had the best of weekends. His, now, this right here, where's Abigail? She in here? Hey, Abigail, would you come up here with me? Come on, Abigail, you can do it. I know you can. She's going to be smiling, and she'll be leading these other two if you don't watch it. Okay. All right, here we are. This is, okay, let's get like this. Let's get in order. This is Judah. 
this is Olive, and this is Abigail. And they're my granddaughters, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm very thankful for three, these three young ladies. Don't they look like Papa? Okay. <laughs> Do you look like me, Abby? No. Nah. Nah. I love them. They're precious to me. Y'all can go sit down now. Give them a hand, folks. So my son is youth pastor, and he'd been youth pastor for several years, music minister. And he comes to me and he said, Dad, I feel like God wants us to adopt an Asian daughter. And I said, why? He said, because we can't have any little girls. We keep bringing these boys out. I have nine grandsons. I will carry out of my father's ten children, I will carry on the family name more than any of them. I have nine grandsons with the Tillman name. Isn't that awesome? I'm a blessed man. All right. So he come to me and he said, we feel like God's leading us to adopt a little girl. So we got to praying. Well, when I got to praying, I thought, Lord, this is wonderful. And then he told me, he said, it's going to cost lots of money. And I said, whoo, I don't feel that. <laughs> and I got to praying about it. I got to praying in the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost says, you need to do this. We didn't have garage sales. What did we have, Teresa? We had flea markets. <laughs> and we started raising money. People got on the bandwagon and we got Judah home and she got off that plane and I remember holding her and it was months before she would acclimate to me. I, I remember the first time they left me with her months and they, they brought her in and so she actually was wanting to stay with me, you know, the separation anxiety. So I I put her, I got a red Jeep, or I had, now Todd's got it, but I put her in there, took her all over town, took pictures, just filled her up, filled her up. And she's just a little Todd. And I didn't think that, you know, if you put it in, that it's coming out. And she wasn't potty trained yet. So, is anybody with me? Just be real. Well, you're not supposed to talk about things like that. Well, so... And I thought, I'm here by myself. I haven't changed a baby's diaper since my daughter was little, which was 20-something years ago. So we had a utility room. I took the diaper off, took care of it, and then I got the spray nozzle, sprayed her down, and then I had a unique thought. We have a bubble tub or an air jet tub. So I thought, well, this will be wonderful. So I, I took her back in the there, and I put the stuff in it and I turned it on she she loved it but the only problem was was every time she went to the bathroom she thought she got a bubble bath after that but I enjoyed my Judah still do and then we get a call they call it a sibling call and said that Judah has a little half sister her name or we named her Olive Judah's name was Judah Mengia. So we began to, Todd come to me and says, Dad, I, feel, I said, look, Todd, I have done twisted every preacher's arm in three counties. I'm not going to do this again. Son, are you sure it's God? He said, it's God. So I went to praying in the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost affirmed it again. And I said, well, Lord, I really don't want to do flea markets anymore. We were in a restaurant one night and a lady walked over to the table to talk to Judah 
and talked to them. The next week, Todd and Brooke found out from Holt a huge amount of money, a huge amount of money. They totally paid for Olive's adoption in getting her here. Now, I got Judah and Olive, and then Abigail come on the scene. And Daniel and Shay ended up with her. And today... What does that have to do with praying in the Holy Ghost? Everything. Because I come to the end of myself and I didn't know what to pray. So I prayed in the Holy Spirit and he worked it out. Would you stand with me, please? Do you remember years ago, we would sing those old courses like, Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine, thou art the, I am, mold me, after, while I, I'm going to give an invitation tonight. I'm going to do it this way. Thank God for the people that received the baptism this morning. But how many of you would say, Pastor, Brother Tillman, Pastor T, Clarence, whatever you want to call me, I need refreshing in my life. I'm tired, and I need the refreshing of the Holy Spirit. If you sense that, would you join me as an act of faith in this altar. Just move from where you are. Say, I need that connection one more time. I'm going to be waiting. I know we've got faithful people here tonight, but I want people that truly want to be refreshed. Hallelujah. Waiting. Thank you for listening to our podcast at The Hill. We pray that you are blessed by this message. For more information on what's happening at The Hill and to stay connected, visit our website at foresthillcog.org, join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash foresthillcog, or download our app from the iTunes or Google Play Store.